Adam Has a Beard is produced and distributed by Elements Divide. Adam Has a Beard is sponsored by A Refined Man's Barbershop, The Wandering Souls, Trejo Skate Shop, Black Widow Razor with the checkout code A-H-A-B-B-W-R at checkout and X products. Don't forget to get your hair done by Darcy Hall at 360-481-9224. Today's musical intro is by Black Greens Red and Derek Anderson. I've grown with the light of the stars, traveled in dream states, showered peace and love to those in need. Breaking dark curses to alter unjust fates Between realms there's no telling just how many souls I've freed Through lifetimes I cycle through to bring illumination With vibration move the energy you probably felt the glow Since the beginning of creation known the consequence But now I face a reality I prayed I'd never know See every time I give I lose a part of myself As long as there's been darkness there's been no time to rest And now I feel that darkness blanket my soul And I got nothing to hold cause there's not much light left all crashing down, look around, isolated by the shattered dream, silent screams, trying to feel something, but knowing that I'm past a point of no return, I don't know if I keep what I got left to let it fade me into nothing. Hey, I'm very, very fucking happy today. Uh, yeah. Dude, t- today, t- there's a couple of reasons. One, my very good friend, Mr. Jeffrey. Sir, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm here, and we're having some, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> my very good friend, Mr. Jeffrey, is, is my co-host for the evening because, well, Sean is playing... Hide, hide the donuts in uh, Louisiana. He's got to watch out for vampires. He's got to watch out for alligators. He's got to watch out for. What? He got to watch out for them folks that have too too few teeth. Cause they're gonna look at him and be like, "Boy, you sure got a purdy mouth." You got a purdy mouth. You from Washington? Woohoo! You got them smooth tan cheeks, don't you? Wait, but there's no tan in Washington. My no. bad. <laughs> the skin look like the moonlight shining off. <laughs> That's all right. It's all good. It twinkles in the daylight. That's okay. That's okay. Reason number two, man, for my last day in Tacoma for uh, for my job at DOT is officially over. Ooh. Mm-hmm. What are we moving on to now? We are moving to Olympia as a lead tech for the road, uh, excuse me, raised pavement markers. And uh, it's a promotion for me. I'm coming back to Olympia. I'm super stoked, man. And it was, it was like, it was such a, a, a tearful day. You know, I mean, it's like, I'm doing my last, last big job on 509. We just did this big giant attenuator replacement. It was like, it was like, you know, bullshit work, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a big job, and it was all my homies from the days. It was just like, you know, even my buddy Rendo showed up, and he was working with us. And was like, dude, man, the last mission it couldn't gone any, you know, any cooler with you know just all the homies. It was just a day filled of laughs. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of butt touching. I don't know if I touched any butts. I was my eyes were closed, my hands were out there. I don't know. I may have touched a, a few things, but that's beside the point. It was a good day. A few things. A few that's things. great. 
<laughs> so that's great. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you've had a, a good day. But I'm gonna crack this one open right here. Boom! Ooh, that's um, fresh. So fresh. This one uh, I'm going to dedicate to um, uh, our friends Jackie and her mother Lauren. Unfortunately, uh, right before we got on here, I found out that uh, Lauren has uh, lost the battle to cancer. God damn it! But you know. She, she was a fighter. She was someone who stuck her neck out for me without knowing a thing about me to try and help me uh, find a job after I had graduated with my master's. Um, Damn. So, fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. You know Lori, what? this one's for you. Lori, salut. You know, I'm not drinking anything alcoholic. I should be drinking a bottle of wine, but I, I have to save it for Miss Debbie and you when we all get together. <laughs> right, right. I may have gone a little excessive and got like four bottles of wine. That's but, 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 don't don't tell no, that just that just sounds like a good night. That's exactly what's about to happen. So Hell yeah. So Lori, amen. Amen. You know. So I have lots of shit to ask. Lots of shit to Ooh, ask. Wee. All right. Well, you know me. I am. A, <laughs> I, I have plenty of. I have plenty of knowledge to give. Okay. So the first one that's been pressing since i've seen it um no we're not going to talk about my penis uh, <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen that was the show thank you very much for stopping by okay well we're not talking about uh mice anymore we're f- oh wait oh wait wait, 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 wait wait hold on i got more questions then <laughs> so i man this whole megan markle thing and prince harry Ooh, right so Ooh, that's a that's a fun one. This is a very very fun one. It kind of, I so I have different people telling me different things about this whole situation. Okay, so they're like you know without seeing the interview, they all told me she's a whiny bitch. Guess what? Do you know her personally? No, you don't. Do you know her plight? No, you don't. So then I hear people on the other side before watching it, mind you. Oh man, you just they're just she's going so so going through so much. Do you know her personally? No. Do you know her plight? No. Then I watched the interview. Mm-hmm. I had to side with her, man. Mm-hmm. I sided with her 100% because she she went through some shit. And she, I don't know if it was her basically, but I think that Prince Harry opened his eyes and saw what was going on. To his to his old lady and was like, you know what? I can't have this, dude. That he stuck to his guns and stuck to his his partner in crime, his his uh, his commander, his ship, his wife, his his sunshine, his ray of light, whatever you want to call her. But he stuck to her and was like, you know what? No, not gonna fucking happen. And I think that the reason I side with her is because, wow, dude, you know what? Who hasn't experienced some sort of racism, whether it be you know, our Asian brothers, would it be our black brothers, would it be our or white brothers, our Mexican brothers, you know what I mean? Or Native all, American brothers. Native American brothers, man. We've all experienced this. Oh, excuse me, our Indian brothers, our, everybody, some Russians, you know, some Ukrainians, because you can't call the Ukrainians Russians and the Russians Ukrainians because they get mad. Beside the point. Right. But you, this whole, everybody's experienced an element of racism. Mm-hmm. And my question is, do you think she did good by saying, you know what? We're just going to remove ourselves from the situation. 
and them and then England or the UK, everybody there was like, bye. Do you think that was a good move for her? So we're, let's let's take it a, let's take it a few steps back here and talk about a couple of different things. You know, first off, from let's just let's just talk strictly from the mental health perspective. Hundred percent. When you're under when you're in stressful situations and your mental health starts deteriorating, keeping yourself inside of those situations is usually not the way to go because, right. you know. You, as well as I, as well as probably many people that have gone through this, know that, you know, the mind affects the body and yeah. that stress starts to play out in your stomach, in your muscles, in your heart. And you, you will have physiological effects nope. despite going, you know, despite the idea that, oh, it's all just in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is in your head, but th that that stress manifests in a lot of different places and it will affect your health. You know, we're not talking about suicide. We're just talking about like your regular everyday physical health. hundred percent. And if you don't find a way to either learn how to cope with the situation or in some cases, just remove yourself from it altogether, your health will deteriorate. And I think that by even just her making the call, you know, even if Prince Harry had decided I'm just Harry now. Yeah. Even if Harry had just decided that, you know what, you go do your thing, whatever, I'm out. By her removing herself from the situation, it will do better things for not just her mental health, but her physical health as well. She does have, you know, a child to to be around for. Um, you know, with Harry deciding that it was time to, you know, stick with her and, and stick to the, you know, stick to that, you know, open your eyes and see what was happening. It, it was huge. Massive. Now, as an American, I always appreciate a good fuck you to the Royals. Boom, boom, Boston tea party, motherfuckers. We got 240 years of, uh. You know, telling <laughs> telling the British monarchy to get stuffed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But here's but here's one of the things that you know why monarchies are a, a relic of the past. When you think about it, there these monarchies they saw themselves as an as an extension of a Christian empire, and a, and the philosophy was is that they had some sort of God given right to rule over people wow now now our constitution says that our god-given rights are a little bit different than that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that you know and that no one person will rule over us right granted you know our democracy is you know quite the experiment <laughs> yes it is sometimes it works well sometimes it doesn't yeah yeah but the idea at the end of the day is, is is that you know you don't have this figurehead that sits over you dictating your daily life right i mean you know even to this day it doesn't matter whether you're under a republican president or a democratic president people are going to be like i'm doing whatever i'm going to do <laughs> yes. we we saw that in the last administration we're seeing it in this one a hundred percent you know and Everybody guess what to. That's, you know, in other places of the world, that'll get you fucking shot. 
hundred uh, percent. I don't. I don't think we should go revert back to, to, to shooting and killing each other. But right. But you know, you you have places around the world, like uh, I believe it's Thailand, where you know making fun of you know the monarch there will get you you know jailed, beaten, tortured, and killed. It's oh yeah. Essence. And that's just absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know. Even even within Western society, the idea that you know that monarchs still exist is is almost it, it is a paradox of Western philosophy when you look at it. There are very few actual monarchs left in the world, right. and those that have ditched their monarchies are some of the strongest uh, countries in the world. Now, granted, there are some people that still lay claim, like, for example, the, you know, Germany, there are still people that, you know, lay claim to the, the German monarchy. And, well, it's cute. Good for you. You don't get any benefits. <laughs> but there's still this weird stigma around the fact that, you know, like with the UK monarchy, you have to come across as strong as uh whole as you know you don't have any problems which is hilarious given that all of these monarchies for centuries just inbred with each other because you had to in order to be a monarch you had to breed with a monarch and they all essentially became cousins and mm -hmm. well you fuck you fuck your cousin enough times and some things come out that are a little weird yeah to keep the, so so much for keeping the bloodline pure it's a it's a little too uh straight up and down resident yeah family tree's a fucking stick yeah. <laughs> no limbs guess what nope no limbs no notches no nodes it's just like <laughs> <laughs> so the the hilarity that a a group of people notorious for being inbred as all fuck are opposed to the idea that someone could get mental health counseling that yeah. is that is the that is the fucking hilarious most counterproductive statement ever made you think that with a monarchy that big you think that they would provide for these for for you know the princes and the i mean sure you know granted it sounds a little weird for me to say that you know that, that they have a good good life and everything but damn all these damn pressures man i mean all these things that I mean, for example, for Megan, I mean, I think that there was just, it wasn't too much. It was just the constant under the microscope, um, mm -hmm. finger pointing, the color of her skin, the, the color of Archie's skin. Dude, that kid is cute. I mean, come on now. You know what well, I mean? But, but it just goes to show you that even though that we've supposedly, as a Western, as Western societies have, you know, moved on from quote unquote racism, that it's still there and that you you also have to remember that you know what what megan has experienced with racism in the united states is going to be far different than the way that racism is experienced within the uk and notably there have been plenty of people i mean i think john oliver even uh talked about you know how racist the tabloids are there and that he hoped that you know megan would make it mm. Yeah. Because because believe it or not, you know, the the idea that, you know, the idea that Western society as a race is 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 kind of funny. It's it's, you know, the idea of freedom and how you pursue it and how you pursue individual or collective freedoms. Right. And these ideas get so based in skin color that it's absolutely insane. I mean, 
uh, uh, let's see here. James Mattis even, you know, had a little op-ed not that long ago where he said that, you know, when the United States was formed, it came with an unfortunate defect in that, you know, a relic of the old world was allowed to persist. That's insane. And that relic still plays out to this day, you know, the, the, it's, it's a problem that I think our kids get better at addressing, Uh, you know, my generation was certainly better about addressing it than my parents' generation. You know, my kids' generation, I'm, I'm certain will be better than, than our generation. And all we can do is teach them to be better about it because, you know, even, you know, not speaking for any other country, but just the, you know, just the United States itself, you know, the idea was that in America, anybody could show up here and make something of themselves. Right. That was the idea. That's, that's the idea. And unfortunately, there are still people that, you know, proceed to use various mechanisms to say, no, that's not the case. But... I had, this is where I see the American ideal is more resilient than those people because we have more people of, of different minorities come every year. We have more people that come from different ideals every year. And, you know, I've got, I literally have a neighbor that's right behind my house that watched his uncle get his head chopped off by the fucking Viet Cong. Oh, and he's a, 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 he literally fled communism damn to become a doctor in the united states so no so i i know that i know that things are possible in this country that are seemingly impossible in other parts of the world it's just that the one thing that we struggle with the most is this outward perception of who we are and it's all based on fucking color (laughs) so ridiculous man I mean, I imagine, look, like I, I could probably go and stab a bunch of people in the neighborhood, right? Every mm-hmm. single one of them is going to bleed red. Just kind of like, uh, you know, it, what is it? Blue blood until the oxygen hits and then all of a sudden it's red, right? Or, you know, it's it's like it's like cracking, you know, any variety of chicken eggs. You've got white, blue, green, brown. Mm-hmm. They're all white and yellow on the inside. Mm-hmm. Kind of like most people when I crack them open and put them in the skillet. <laughs> Wait, no. Um, <laughs> Breakfast? <sighs> I do love myself some scrambled brains, uh, eggs, what? Scrambled oh. eggs. Um, what? What? <laughs> but it's. But sad. at the end of the day, people don't. People. People seem to have this problem of realizing that you know, when you look at Maslow's hierarchy, like the five needs. It don't matter what culture you go to. It don't matter what corner of the world you go to. Those five needs are still the same. Right. We all want, we all want a roof over our heads. We all want, you know, clean water to drink. We all want food to eat. We all want something that, you know, is stimulating to us in, in work. We all want to be in a good place. You know, we all have the same needs. It's just that we're all a little bit different in how we pursue those needs. hundred percent. I agree. You know, and, and if, and when you can't boil that down to the fact that the person sitting across from you who speaks a different language has the same needs as you, that's, that's a problem. That's a huge problem, man. I mean, this, 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 this world is so much better with like 
the different the array of different people the different personalities the cultures i mean it's it's amazing it's the food. absolutely the food oh, the food man we were having what was it I, I we had i had some japanese curry the other night oh damn is that good <laughs> oh i love japanese curry it's so delicious <laughs> oh man i had curry for the for the first first time second time the other day and uh man the levels of hot mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now see i am extra wuss when it comes to <laughs> heat I, I you know unfortunately i love hot my stomach does not love hot gotcha i love i love feeling that that heat but man my stomach punishes me for it and it's miserable because i love the taste of hot food yeah yeah but surprisingly enough, like, like Asian hot is different than, than Mexican hot. Oh, 100%. And, and, and I seem to stomach Asian hot a little bit better than Mexican hot. Mm. Oh, which by the way, we had Ramirez the other night. Yes. Uh, a couple like it? Ago. Oh, dude. I loved <laughs> it. I was so down with that. Uh, what'd you have? Def- uh, I mean, I had, uh, I had their, their uh, fajita burrito. Mm. God, that fajita. And it was so delicious. Mm. So good. The beans and rice, absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. What was funny was, is that I ordered, um, you know, I thought I ordered like a, you know, I'm so used to like when, when you order a small side, it's like maybe a serving. So you order (laughs) a large side and it's maybe like a couple of servings. Yeah, when they're like, okay, here's your large beans and your large rice. I was like, damn. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, let's pack like, it in. I was like, Debbie, uh, I got you your side of bean and beans and rice. And she's <laughs> like, okay. And I set them down. She's like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just had some tamales from there. Um, I had the, the pork ones, and I gave some to my buddy who, who likes the chicken ones. Dude, he <laughs> was so stoked about it. Like, 100% stoked. What? Mm. Jesus, is that you? Hi, monkey. I brought you gummy worms and tea, dog. Oh, hell yeah, monkey. Oh, yeah. Oh, gummy worms and tea. Get some. Get hell you yeah. some. Mm. Yeah, so Ramirez, dude. Oh, those tamales are so goddamn tasty. Oh, mm. that I think that's the next thing I need to get from there. Tamales. The pozole is the one you need to get. The pozole? Okay. Oh, slow roasted pork with some little, some hominy with some, and then, uh, the, the, the chunks of pork and then uh, you put the lettuce and then the onions and uh, mm. oh it was fantastic dude mm. it was it was you know and that's the thing about miss debbie is like whenever you get some good food around her and and in her her mm. leg just starts bounce 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 bounce, bounce, bounce. It's, it's just that's how you know you've got good food is is, mm. is that that leg gets going and she won't stop until you know she's eaten everything yes yes excellent excellent so Yes, we'll have to take out, and that's what we're gonna do. Take out and drink some wines, and guess what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's <absolutely>. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! yeah. Hmm. So yeah, man. I just you know, I think I think you know you, you've seen you know there's this the, there's this weird cognitive fight with how can somebody who is now you know within the royal family and a millionaire uh, be complaining about the life that they have. You know, the idea that a millionaire can't be miserable is kind of backwards bullshit. You know, Mm -hmm. anybody can be miserable. Anybody can have problems. 
it's just what you do to deal with those problems. Right. And I'll admit at first, you know, I was kind of like, what has she got to complain about being fucking rich? Right. And I was like, you know what? I need to take that step. I need to take that a step back and go, you know, what, what is it that I don't know or what I'm not seeing or mm -hmm. not thinking about? And, you know, as I, you know, I kind of thought about, you know, I mean, I know my history regarding, you know, not just the UK Royals, but, you know, the Royals in Europe in general and just how much cousin fucking went on there. I mean, it made Alabama look like it had more fresh blood. hundred <laughs> percent. Dude, Dude. I, I, when she, you know, that's what I, that was my initial going into it. I was like. I was like, yeah, man, there's no way. There's no way she has anything to complain about. But when she started talking about her mental health, boom, I was like, I was hooked. I was like, okay, so there's there's something else. You know what I mean? Right. And it was a it was a racially based mental health problems. I mean, you go through some shit if you've ever been discriminated or ever been your ass beat up by a bunch of dudes and you're the only Mexican or you're the only white guy or you're the only Asian guy and or indian or but it, it doesn't matter native american doesn't even matter because right you then start building this whole fuck the world system in your head mm -hmm. and you start hating things you start hating people you start or completely the opposite where you're just like oh my god and then you start going inwards and when you start going in and you're in you're in that war zone of your head mm -hmm. not healthy no, and, and that's the thing, too, is is that we also have to consider, too, that, you know, the racism that you experience in the U.S. and the racism that she probably experienced in the U.K. are different breeds. 100%, I agree. I mean, I, and, and I, have, I have no understanding or bearing on what that looks like. I just know that, you know, the British had colonies all around the world, various, various groups of people underneath of them so the idea you know and and it wasn't all that long ago that's the thing mm -hmm. all of their they haven't you know it's only been since about like the 1960s is when they lost the last of their colonies wow or when the last of them uh when the last of them uh you know declared independence so to think about that you know the uk has only been without it's with you know separated by by that for only 60 years right so the racism that you know is most likely entrenched in that society you know here we just brought people over mm. we you know yeah we had a couple small colonies elsewhere but not anything like the extent of like say the dutch or the british or the french or the the spanish or the portuguese nothing like that yeah. you know we we were late to that game yeah yeah we're still so, in our infancy stages at that point yeah so so when you think about it you know it has not been that long since the the idea that the brits ruled the world or the it was the the phrase that they used was the sun never set on the british empire because <laughs> they literally had land all across the fucking world right that's insane to me literally so so uh, to say that the racism she may have experienced was an entirely different breed is not far-fetched right 
Right, I you agree, know. man. I mean, we don't know what's going on over there. I mean, uh, you know, we got buddies over there, and they're 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 having a good time and everything. But you mm. know, of all colors, you know, I mean, they're hanging out, doing their thing, playing music, you know. Right. But as far as like in the upper echelon, if you will, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. We don't know if they're trying to streamline or trying to be, you know, what they're trying to do with their lineage. I mean, right now is the perfect opportunity for, for England and the Royal family to be very open, very ahead of the game, very like defending her. Um, I don't even know what queen, the, the queen Elizabeth, by the way, I really enjoyed her on uh, the naked gun series. She was, yeah. Yes. <laughs> she Absolutely. Was fantastic. Fantastic, fantastic mm. acting. I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Anyways, so uh, I just don't know why she wouldn't be ahead of the whole thing. You know what I mean? I don't know why. Who knows what she said? You know, I, Archaic I know. perceptions. Fair. That archaic perceptions that somehow the these, you know, I mean, when you think about it, the royal family, the, the, the monarchy in Britain really has very few roles that are actual governance. Mm-hmm. It's mostly figurehead and ceremonial. Mm-hmm. So the idea that there has to be this weird, you know, perceived strength that they hold that everything is a okay is far more damaging to the nation as a whole than if they had actually addressed the mental health side of things mm. and helped Megan out. You think that'd be and, possible right now at this point for the, for, for UK to reach out and be like, you know what? We fucked up. We're done fucked up. Let's help. No, because it's not going to be seen as genuine. In uh, fact, it's already pissed off enough of the of the people of the UK. You know, the, the fact that, you know, you, you sit down and you have these talks about how important people are, how important diversity is, how important mental health is. And in a few actions, sh- they showed that, that at the top of the top of the UK, that they don't give a shit. Mm. So... So that is in and of itself very damaging. And if they were to just 180 it right now, it would not look good. The lines that are being held and and drawn right now, there's some bridges that I don't know that will ever be repaired. No, hell no. And I agree. And and you know that's unfortunate because you know there is a brother who is connection with his brother yeah but at the same time you know play stupid games win stupid prizes just because you're just because family you know you share the same blood don't make you family if your family sucks you know why you know just because you have the same blood don't mean you have to stick around right if that that blood is toxic Mm -mm. bounce out save yourself save your filter it out yeah, exactly. Save your mental well-being. Save, save your, save yourself. Save your kids. Save your future. I mean, there's this exactly to, to be in a big giant toxic situation like that or any kind of that's just like that horrible, dude. Bounce the fuck out, man. There's no, there's no place for that. There's no time for that. You get life right. is fucking short, man. You know? Right, and and that's just it. Is is that, you know, and and you know, their media has tried to do everything to showcase in any possible way that they have some some wild set of problems you know it's i don't buy it 
I don't, I don't buy it either. You know, yeah, there was a real that. issue there and all it, all it would have taken is someone to say, you know what, let's figure out the right way to deal with this. Mm-hmm. One that involves getting someone healthy. Yep. One that involves actually looking at the problem and addressing it, not ignoring it and hoping it goes away. Yep. And keeping the fucking family together. That was that right there is like you just alienated Harry. You alienated Harry? Dude, Harry was the one I liked the most because I remember when when his mother, when his mother, mm-hmm. the Princess Diana. Oh man, I was so in love with Princess Diana, dude. She was such a majestic being. She was just amazing to me. She absolutely floored me. And she was the only reason why I even gave a fuck about New England and, and the queen the queen and the, the fucking all that shit over there. It's because of her. And so to see her little Harry just get the fucking boot. Bye, Harry. Dude, she is rolling in her fucking grave right now. You know what I mean? I just I just don't I just don't get it. I just don't fucking get it. Why alienate the family like that? Why kick Harry out with his wife and Archie and the new one coming? You know what I mean? I just I don't get it, man. The vestiges of power are a crazy thing. You know, the 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 idea that you have to have this weird this weird show of strength is such an archaic uh pillar that is crumbling. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, you, you when you look at it, it doesn't matter what rule what ruler you look at, that false sense of strength does not bolster your strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at you look at even just our you know our presidents and the ones that the ones that were the strongest were also the ones that were most willing to be vulnerable, and you know admit and and view and stand there in the hardest of times they didn't you know they didn't they didn't uh, act like they were tough and they didn't walk around trying to boast about how strong they were they showed strength by being there for the people for their people for their family their friends and the moment that you are willing to abandon friends and family because they are struggling it shows that you don't have the strength that you think you do oh 100 i agree with that man that just it's, shows that you're just you're pretentious motherfucker you're pretending to be something you're really not and your f- falsehood is gonna it's gonna find its way to the light mm-hmm. and that's and that is the reality of it all you know unfortunately I don't have a lot of faith that there aren't more skeletons hiding in different closets, mm. but there is something to be said about someone who is willing to connect more on a human level than someone who pretends to be, you know, all of these macho strengths or these old archaic ideals of what you had to be. Right. It's time to flush it out, flush it out. And it's tough. I mean, and and as someone who's working on that shit personally, that shit is hard to flush out. Mm -hmm. But you work, you do the work. You got to put in the time. Exactly. Do the work because the end result will be a much, much better uh, system. Uh, Your your people will be happy, whether it be you or 
the queen, who, by the way, I wish she would sign my naked gun 33 and a third copy too. And, uh, but you know, somebody of that, please work on it. You know what I mean? You, I mean, your own personal struggles, man, I get it. Work on that shit. I'm doing the same thing. I'm not, I'm by no means am I saying I'm perfect. I got a lot of shit to fucking work on, but it's in there. Hey, guess what? High five. High, high five. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, but that's just it. Is, is that, you know, it, in admitting you have a weakness, there is strength because that means that's that right. you are willing to do the work to get stronger. Yes, sir. When, by pretending to be strong, all you have is weakness. There is, there is nothing that builds you up in that. Mm-mm. Especially if it involves tearing others down. Oh, 100%. Your foundation is weak as shit, if that's what you're doing. If you're tearing other people down, unless you're you know, standing at an open mic comedy night, you know, and tearing down, and that's a, that's all a whole different tearing down. But as a person, as a human, where you're supposed to look at somebody else and treat them with love and kindness and respect and love another person because of their differences or because of their who because of what they are, not who they are, what color their skin is, that foundation is going to be the weakest. It might as well just be water, you know, because you're, you're not going to do shit, (laughs) you know, guarantee you're not going to swim very well with those, uh, that giant boat anchor around, around that ankle of yours. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, those are, those are the things that you keep an eye open for because the people who think they are weak by showing their weakness are truly strong people. Mm-hmm. because they're acknowledging what their weakness is and that they want to become stronger yep that internal battle is something that you have no idea about it is hard as hell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's why you surround yourself with a small circle of people who actually love the shit out of you for who you are hey oh you, you're down hey guess what man i love you buddy you know what i mean right. I just, it's a simple reach out take a fucking connect with that person say hey man shit you're down fuck i'm down too let's let's be down together and then we can be down <laughs> yeah i mean you're good no okay well what do we got to do what do we got to yes. do to be good for now what do we mm-hmm. got to do to be good for the next five minutes for the next hour for the next half a day for the next day yep hey your belly empty let's go eat some food <laughs> connect right? Dude, simple shit like this man I mean, yep. that's, that's going to, that's, that's strength to me. I mean, mm-hmm. that strength that somebody else is reaching out to you and trying to get you to be strong too. That's a strength. If uh, what is the hard part and the, on the reverse side of that is let's say I'm down, man. Am I reaching out to you? Hey dude, fuck. Should I call, should I call Jeffrey up, man? Fuck. And mm-hmm. I just, I just can't, you know, but the fact that you're acknowledging that and you're trying it's a start, right? Yep. It's a little it's baby a start. start. It's a little baby tiny start, you know. Yep. You know, and and sometimes you're just gonna get a hard, swift kick in the ass and be like, "All right, guess this is the sign that I need that we just got to do this." Yep. Hundred percent. And your choices are: you either do it or you don't. And if you don't, that don't make you stronger. Mm-hmm. Fighting yourself don't make you stronger. You know, sticking around in a losing fight don't make you stronger. Nope. Like. You know that well what doesn't kill you makes you stronger listen i know somebody who shot themselves in the leg yeah. i i don't i don't think that he's a hell of a lot stronger because of that <laughs> no. i know people who have stuck around in abusive relationships and yeah. toxic relationships 
and they come out of it with a lot of issues nice. hell even 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 my own stuff like you don't come out of it stronger mm-hmm. you don't you don't but, you never know Mm-mm. but you do the work afterwards yeah and become stronger yep you just got to pick that positive path man i mean just you find find that light find your own find your fucking own light that's the big thing in that situation situation like that man because i've seen it time in and time out time time again and time again that that person you know i'll say probably like you know three times out of ten the person finds their own inner light and starts to shine again you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and rebuilding from the ground up is is a very difficult task Mm -hmm. but it's possible it absolutely is so from from breaking old Megan down and Harry, old Harold, you know. Oh yeah. To this crazy news of a new stimulus package, man. I am <laughs> I know very little about this. And this is another reason why I'd like to pick your analytical brain mm-hmm. as to <laughs> dude, feed me with some knowledge here, Jeffrey, because one, is this a good package? Two, will this benefit us? Three, how are we going to be paying for this on the other end? You know what I mean? Because it's always the shoe is there, the shoe is there, and the other one's already on the ground, but the other one is dangling. What are we doing here? So, I'm going to start first by saying the idea of opposing this package strictly on fiscal conservatism is a day late and a dollar short because mm-hmm. because you think about the 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 packages that you know were passed under the previous administration they passed two mm-hmm. and we ain't done with this with this pandemic yet we're getting closer we're getting closer but we ain't done is it a good package? <laughs> well, That's what I you ask see, myself all day. All day, I've asked myself all day. Like everything the government does, it's a large package. And depending on where you want to put that large package, <laughs> you might enjoy it for a minute, but you might not. Ooh. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so. I mean, that is the government. They're all about putting a package in you. Wait. Um, oh, anyways. Two hands on those shoulders. What? <laughs> I feel the government breathing on my neck. They give me a shoulder massage and I feel a weird prostate pain. Anyways. Anyways, um, that's the same thing I'm feeling right now. What? <laughs> so, is it a good package? I mean, there there's always going to be government waste in a package, package yep. like this there's government waste in any package that you're going to design and the reality is 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 that none of it is foolproof it never has been it never will be so if you want to say that it's inherently bad because there is waste you're you're going to find a way to say it's inherently bad where the good is in it though i mean obviously you know me getting some of my tax money back is a great thing I, mm-hmm. being the person that I am, I, I, I like getting my tax money back away from the government. Yes, I agree. The problem in all of this is, is that 
the spending that we do have is out of control and it, and it hasn't been just out of control under this administration it was out of control under the last and out of control under the previous and out of control of the one before that like the amount of money that we are spending is ridiculous on stupid shit and the thing is is that when it comes to deficit spending like if there was a time to do deficit spending the pandemic is exactly the time that you want to be spending in order to get something done because in the end the things that are the the money that is being spent is going to speed up the economy in a couple of ways number one direct cash payments yes they're going to initially go towards savings that's just the fact of the matter right. or the other one is is that people use it to pay off credit cards because the you have this weird you have this dichotomy in that the idea uh, is that you know that money is going to make the economy speed up and uh, but people are putting it into savings and people are putting it in, you know into their credit cards well how is that going to make the economy speed up well a couple of different ways number one people are potentially saving up to you know spend their money on things here in the states be it vacations when they can finally get out of the house right be it you know if they've got some things that have come up like remodels or or maybe they want to upgrade some stuff after having been stuck in their house and they see a few <laughs> ways to you know make their life a little bit easier at home right that's that's going to happen eventually but there is still that uncertainty of well how when is that going to happen when is this going to be over so the answer is it, eventually it will be over. But even for the people that are putting that money on their credit cards, think about this. Let's say that you've got, you know, five grand on your credit card bill and you take that $1,400 or let's say that you're a family of, let's say that you're a family of four and you get, you know, $1,400 per person. You know, that puts you at 4,000 plus and that puts you at $5,600. So guess what? That means that you not only pay off that credit card, you got $600 to spare. So now you're not making, let's say, probably about $250 a month payments. Mm -hmm. Plus you got $600 in your pocket to you know, maybe go out and treat yourself or your family to something. That money that is not being spent on credit card debt is now going to be infused into things that you go out and spend otherwise. You know, you think about simple things that you can spend $250 on. That's a couple of meals out with a family, yeah. a few meals out with a family, depending on where you go. Right. Um, that's upgrades for various things. I mean, like you can go out and get yourself a new dishwasher for anywhere from four to 800 bucks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that $250 that you freed up allows you to buy it, you know, allows you to trade in and buy a new car. Yeah. No. That, that stimulates the economy. You know, so, so there is, you know, even though that there is the savings and, and debt elimination element to it, by eliminating debt, you allow the ability to spend more within the economy. That's why the whole discussion of whether or not student loan debt should be forgiven has been a thing, because guess yeah. what? The money that I spend on my student loans isn't stimulating yeah. my economy around here. It's right. going to some bank back East 
and they're using that to lend out to more people or to pay their employees and CEOs more. Yep. Yep. So uh, that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if people eliminate are able to eliminate their debt, you will see more spending in your local community. You will see the economy tick back up really fast. <clears throat> so it's not, you know, just the direct payment side of things. It's not such a bad thing, whether they save it or they eliminate debt. It has its benefits either way. Yeah. Now, some of these other packages that are involved in it, things like, greater COVID testing and more vax, you know, buying vaccines. Great. You know, the more that we can isolate this, you know, again, the issue at hand is, is that we're not going to make this go away. No, by no means. The fight is to prevent more variants. Hmm. You know, you think about it. I, I got this question asked to me earlier, you know, this week and you'll like this. Well, <clears throat> if if uh, we've been locked down and the flu's not circulating so much, are we doing damage to our immune system by not getting the flu every year? I, I was curious about this situation because I noticed that I wasn't sick. All, well. all right, let's have some fun with this. Now, I'm going to pose this question to you. How many times have you had the chicken pox? One. Why is that? Because my knucklehead brother was rolling around with some dude who had the chicken pox, brought it home to the family, and the family went, skadoosh. <laughs> we all got it. Okay. Well, the kids anyway. But why haven't you gotten the chicken pox more than once? Would that be because of the immunities? Because that of my is, body? That yeah. is part of it. Okay. Also, the chicken pox virus doesn't mutate very well. Mm-hmm. Thus why... You only ever tend to get the chicken pox once. Okay. <clears throat> it's why there have been several diseases we've been able to eliminate, like polio. It doesn't mutate very well. Gotcha. So when it doesn't mutate very well, you don't get it again. Why? Because you are probably exposed to the chicken pox more times than you actually realize. Right. But because it hasn't mutated, your body goes, oh, I've seen that before. Here, delete. I know how to deal with that. Right. Now, you've gotten the flu. Yeah. How many times? Oh, almost every year. Why almost. is that? Because that thing is able to mutate. And it's highly contagious. 100%. So, when something is highly contagious, it spreads easier. The faster and more it spreads, the more it will replicate. And the more it replicates, the more likely you are to have a variant. Now, the problem that you have is, is that the variant. Is the variant going to be deadlier or less deadly? And the problem here is, is that you have no control over which way it goes. Uh, you, it's going to be more aggressive sometimes, I think. Sometimes I think. sometimes it's going to be more aggressive. 2018 was one of those years. We had a, a more deadly than normal flu season. Interesting. Why, why, why 2018? Why? So we only have nine. We have nine different flu vaccines. There hasn't really been an update of the flu vaccine for a long time. 
And when you vaccinate for the flu, you're vaccinating based on the strain that you think is going to be prevalent in an area. Well, we didn't quite get the mapping correct on that. And so the, and it was a particularly strong strain. So you ended up seeing a higher excess death toll from the flu season that year. Granted, you know, on average, it's like 100 to 115,000 people die from flu pneumonia every year. This one was more like 130 to 140,000 people died. I mean, statistically speaking, it was a significant event. Right. But, I mean, in terms of numbers, yeah, that happens. So, now you have an entirely new virus entering the system, COVID. It is very contagious, spreads easy, high mort- you know, higher mortality rate than, than, uh, than we would like to see. The issue at hand is if it evolves, when it evolves, what, what traits are we going to see? Will you clarify something for me real quick? <clears throat> of course. Mortality rate. Mm-hmm. When somebody says who talks about mortality rate, what do they what do they mean exactly about that? Mortality rate is a measure of how many people die from the virus over how many people in total get the virus. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, if ten people get the virus and one person <clears throat> dies, it's a ten percent mortality rate. Gotcha. If a hundred people get the virus and only one pe- person dies. mortality rate, so on and so forth. The flu pneumonia has approximately a 0.1% mortality rate. 0.1% of people who get it are going to die. Damn. That's, that sucks. That sucks bad because I mean, it's like you think with the advances of sciences now with all these labs all over the world, we would have some kind of communication, some kind of, um, advances some kind of hey this is what's going to happen or maybe some these are the possible variances of these strains this is what we're looking for this is Mm -hmm. the possibles why is why is nobody communicating they are it's just that there hasn't really been any thorough advancements in vaccine technology and when you look at what what we've had to do what we've done with coronavirus is not something that we've really necessarily applied backwards yet because mm. where we're at today was theoretical 18 months ago. Think about that. Yeah. The vaccine, the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine were theoretical vaccines 18 months ago. Yeah. Another they thing. are literally, they are in production. They are being used. Pfizer's I was reading Pfizer, uh, uh, the Israel study on using the Pfizer vaccine using Pfizer's vaccine has led to a 97% drop in symptomatic COVID in Israel and a 94% drop in asymptomatic COVID in Israel. So that's a good thing. That's a real fucking really good thing. It's huge. It is huge. But the flu vaccine on the other hand this is where you get into two issues. Number one, lagging technology and number two, public perception. So we'll go down, we'll go down the science path first. The flu vaccine has not really had an update. And 
with COVID, because we only have the one variant, or we, we'd only had really the one main variant and a few other ones, we haven't really genomed, you know, we've, we've only begun to genome the virus to understand it. And really, you know, we're not trying to create the entire virus, we're trying to create a specific protein that is specifically on that virus. So that way, when the human body says, hey, you see that protein, attack. Mm-hmm. Rather than, hey, you see that virus, attack. And that's the difference. So with the flu vaccine, you get, you know, usually what's called an attenuated virus. It's something that's been weakened or killed, but it, your body recognizes it, learns to attack it. And you might get a little sick, you might not. Right. But you're using an actual virus. And so you, what you don't know is, are you going to see that particular strain come through your, your, uh, your community? So it's not something that you can use very broadly, because like I said, there are nine different variants, nine different vaccines. Whereas with coronavirus vaccine, there are about seven different variants out there right now. And so far, that one vaccine works on all of those variants. And that's the and one the, that Israel has. The, that's the Pfizer one, and that's Moderna as well. Right, uh, right. Now, the, the trick in all of this is, is that you have to limit spread. You have to limit the whole fight of staying in lockdown or, or staying home or simply just wearing a fucking mask. Right. The idea was is that if you limit its ability to spread, you limit the number of people that get it and replicate the virus. That means you mathematically limit the probability that a mutation is going to occur. Because in all of those variants, while the vaccine may be less effective, it's still effective. Gotcha. Until it mutates and it no longer has that protein. Oh, dang. Which is a strong probability that it will mutate. It it will mutate. There's no question. The question is is whether or not it will mutate in such a way that it either doesn't have that protein or it becomes much stronger, like it can replicate faster and causes greater attack on your organs sooner. Yeah. So that's so that's what you're up against. You know, this mathematical probability that we don't know what way that a virus will mutate. The hope is, is that it will weaken as it mutates and that, you know, whatever it becomes like the common cold. It's annoying. We're down for a few days, but we get over it. And that is a strong possibility, but there's also a strong, there was also a very strong possibility that it mutates. It becomes easier to spread. It becomes deadlier. And right now, instead of having like a, you know, uh, a five to 21 day incubation period, you know, it could be cut down to like 36 hours. Damn. And that's the problem is, is that if it takes less time for it to replicate in your system, that means it takes less time for it to infect your system. That means your body has less time to create the antibodies that it needs in order to fight this off. And depending on how strong it is, that means that you now have a very small window of getting somebody the care that they need to either survive it 
or just not end up in the hospital for a long period of time. Damn. So that's some brutal shit. Well, that's and but you know this is this is what you know. Unfortunately, the honesty needs to be is is that nobody wants to be in this situation. Yep. Nobody wants to be wondering when I get to go have a beer with my buddies at you know you know fucking restaurant or a bar. Yeah. Because the reality is 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 that if I only have a handful of variants to deal with and I get a vaccine soon that we can get to most of the people, we're not going to have to worry about when that's going to be because it will be sooner. But as long as the virus is able to spread quickly and unchecked, that means that the ability for it to mutate expands quickly, Mm -hmm. exponentially, in fact. Yeah, that's why all these precautionary measures, masks, distancing, uh, washing your hands. I mean, which be, should be a fucking given anyway. Wash the goddamn hands anyway. You know Seriously. I mean? All these things, you know, like, for for example, like, you know, I'm real thankful for my, my last job that um, their precautions are always, you know, hey, let's just try to limit how many people are in the room. Um, always wear your masks. If two people are riding one, they got to wear the, the, um, <clears throat> the N95s. You yep. know, make sure you can start and, and trace you know, hey, signing this piece of paper here saying, hey, you two are in the same vehicle together, um, washing your hands, uh, social distancing, uh, mm-hmm. spreading out, uh, just stay home if you're sick, come over if you're thick, 1,600 pence of the if you want to come on over. But uh, okay. just, you know, just these safety precautions that were just in place. And this, I think that right there is the big thing. But then if everybody gets the vaccine, do you think that, that was the, the, those precautionary measures should stay in place still? This is where it gets fun. So, we have a flu vaccine, right? Sure. Got several, in fact. Yeah. For nine different strains. Right. So, why is it that the flu keeps going around? Because nobody's wearing a fucking mask to have those precautionary measures. So that's. I'd say that's definitely part of it. Absolutely. You know, in, in, in Asian cultures, when, when a person gets sick, they wear a mask, not because they're afraid of somebody else's germs, because it's easier to stop your own germs from getting out and thus right. preventing uh, society at large from getting sick. It's, it's, it's a very simple, very cheap, very effective way to reduce the spread. And that's really what it's about. It's about reducing the spread. Yeah. But now we have a vaccine. For the, we have vaccines for the flu. We have widely available vaccines for the flu. But only about 50% of people actually get that vaccine. Anti-vaxxers. <laughs> well, that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to like any type of illness where you know we've talked about herd immunity a bunch of times. Yeah. Typically what you're looking at is anywhere from 70 to 95% of people getting a treatment that creates herd immunity. Now there's been this idea that you could do it naturally. The problem is, is, is that it doesn't spread as fast uh, as you would like it to in order for everybody to reach herd immunity. Number one, the, if it were everybody, if, you know, if everybody got infected all at once, that would make sense. But the problem is, is, is that it's very slow moving. And when it has different vectors, that means that it has different ways in which in different places in which it could mutate. So let's say that for, you know, for, for fun's sake, we start in Florida 
and a disease travels up one coast and travels over to the other coast. And by the time it reaches the coasts, <clears throat> you end up with two different variants. Damn. And the original. So now you have three total strains. Yep. And as that starts to spread, it's going to eventually mutate again. So you end up with a bunch of different variants. Mm-hmm. So that means that you could have the original. That means that you could then have, you know, the north the northeast variant you could have the california variant you could have the pacific northwest variant and so you end up having all these variants and that means that you constantly have these things coming through so you never actually get immunity because guess what as those variants spread they also mutate Mm -hmm. and they become different variants and that's exactly what's that that is exactly what's happened with the flu yeah because if you could just get all nine vaccines at once and everybody got it all at once, you would see a drastic reduction in, in the amount of flu. Or in this case, you did see a pretty steep drop off of the flu. Not zero. It's my mom's, uh, my mom's home with a cold and the flu right now oh, after that... having COVID. Oh, <laughs> Triple threat. God damn. Yeah, it. I called her and she was like, hello. I'm like, Jesus, does your head spin when you talk like that? <laughs> oh shit. But but so so even even with all of that dispersal and all of those variants, if you had the ability to infect everybody all at once, then yes, your herd immunity theory would make sense. Sure. But that is not reality. That is not reality. hundred percent I agree. Whereas with vaccinations, that is a lot closer and a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So now, the flu vaccine. Well, how many people do you know go, oh, it's not necessary. I never get very sick with the flu. Uh, in my circle, <laughs> very little. <laughs> a lot, And a lot of people I know are just like, yeah, no, it's not necessary. I rarely ever get the flu or I don't get sick. Okay, so here's the issue, though. You do get sick yeah. with the flu. And then you spread it on to somebody else. And if only 50% of the people get the get a flu vaccine every year, that means that the other half doesn't. And that is not anywhere close enough in order for any sort of herd immunity to take place. So if 50% of the people don't get the flu, but the other 50% do, <clears throat> that means that you got half the population that the flu can move through and mutate. And guess what it does every year? It mutates every year. And Damn. so th- thus, thus why we constantly have the flu going around in our systems. Yeah. When you view something like that as unnecessary, then that's when you start to open up these doors because it's in, in a lot of cases, you know, you think about it, how many people, how many people got the polio vaccine, but you know, didn't get polio, you know, or, or, you know, you know, didn't get the polio vaccine and didn't get polio. The, the answer is, is, is that when you do these herd immunity vaccinations, it's so that way you can stop the spread or limit the spread. Yeah. <clears throat> because if you can knock it down to, you know, a 1% or a 3% transmissibility rate, it makes it a lot easier to number one, isolate people who have gotten sick. Yep. So that way, they don't spread it to somebody else or catch the people that they've been around. So that way they don't spread it to somebody else. And then you can actually, you might not be able to fully eradicate a disease, 
but you can at least make it so that way it is harder for it to mutate and you don't have to deal with so many variants. So what's the what's the play here for people who are very anti-vaccinations? I mean, I, I have a, I have quite a few people that I know that are anti-vaccination. I, I don't take any vaccination. My kids will not have vaccinations. And I can't, I can't find it in, in my heart to judge those people because of what they believe in. So what's the play for them? How, how do we get them to either believe or how do we get them to? Well, so this is where herd, this is where the actual discussion of herd immunity comes in. You've got a couple issues at hand here. Number one, <laughs> when you look at what a lot of people do in the anti-vaxxer realm, you know, where they're like, oh, well, this, you know, this vaccine has, I saw the word mercury in it, so it's poison. Okay, so here's the thing. If you don't know enough about science, but then read things that are very complicated to read, you are going to misinterpret things. Oh, you're going, you're, when you don't understand something, the reality is, is, is that it, your body acts like it's a threat. Your brain acts like it's a threat. I, being one of the people that I am, am lucky enough to be able to read and understand a lot of these things. I understand chemistry and how that you can take something like mercury and bond it with other things and it becomes stable and non-toxic. And, and good for you. That is the trick is, is that science knows how to take some of these things and bond them in a way that they not only are, uh, they're not toxic, but now they're used as a mechanism to activate your immune system. Mm -hmm. Now, some of those things <clears throat> haven't been in vaccines for years now. And number two, these mRNA vaccines are a whole different ballgame. So step one is actual herd immunity, mass vaccinations, because the reality is there's twofold. There's people that aren't going to take the vaccine because they won't. No. And then there are people who can't take the vaccine because they are already far too compromised. Damn. By getting enough people vaccinated, that means that you prevent any sort of potential spread you prevent any you prevent i shouldn't say any most potential spread most potential mutations and <clears throat> it becomes easier to isolate people who do get sick mm. and that's our problem right now is is that we can't isolate everybody no it's just it's just we don't have enough hospital room for everybody and, and even if we seclude ourselves or hospital or, or or quarantine ourselves in our homes. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be enough, you know? Well, and it, it's not. And, and that's why you have to reach actual herd immunity. Mm -hmm. So, so for the people who can't take the vaccine by getting vaccinated, what that does is it ensures that, you know, the people who have bona fide allergies aren't going to get sick because people didn't get vaccinated 
I know people that have bona fide vaccine allergies. They cannot take it. That means they either have to, number one, find a different method of delivery that, you know, won't make them allergic. Or number two, they just are constantly in a state of caution because they could potentially get sick. But for the people who won't take the vaccine, education is really the only way you have to combat that. But the problem, once again, is, is that you can teach somebody till you're blue in the face, but if they don't have the willingness to learn, it doesn't matter how much breath you waste. Hundred percent. It doesn't matter what method of delivery of, of teaching you you give. They're not going to take it. They're not going to take this lesson. They're not going to run with it. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, you know what? That makes sense. Nope. They are set in their ways. They're set, and that's <laughs> that's a stone wall. <laughs> exactly. And so for <clears throat> for as much as you want to show those people, it's like, hey, you know, your perception of this is wrong. Like. The reality is, is, is that no vaccine is 100% safe. That's true. I agree with that. It's, it's not possible because there are cases of anaphylaxis. But there are so many misconceptions out there about how these things function. And it comes from a lack of education in science. The, the same people who are afraid that a vaccine is going to change their DNA are usually the same people that think that GMOs are, you know, you're going to digest a a GMO and it's going to change your DNA. That's not how this works. That's not how it has ever worked. Because literally, you think about all of the things that you eat, it all has different DNA. And so far, that hasn't changed your DNA yet. (laughs) To think that it would change something like that on a molecular level? I mean, I'm I'm sure we've all swallowed our fair share of DNA. I mean, what? Stay, stay home if you're sick, come over if you're thick. <laughs> yeah, but, but the reality is, is, is that the food itself does not change your DNA because you digest it. That's not how that works. Same with vaccines. Vaccines don't change your DNA. That's not how they work. Right. In fact, the vaccine itself <clears throat> is usually out of your system about 30 days after you've had it. Usually quicker. Damn. So that's a good thing. But what's then. left is the antibodies from what your your vaccine made your body fight. And that's only going to help your body. Right. And even then, Dr. Fauci had a great interview. You know, when they when they study health effects of vaccines, they study out to 45 days after uh, a last dose because that's when the last of the effects leave your body. Interesting. But then they study another 15 days after that. Really? Mm-hmm. That's just to keep monitoring and make data. Yep. Just to make sure. That's awesome. That's good. That's good to know. I thought that yeah. for sure. There's like, ah, 30 days. Yeah, get him the fuck out of here. He's good. No, they, they extended afterwards. And that's the other thing, too, is, is that any negative side effect that comes up, they don't poo-poo it. They treat it as though the vaccine the vaccine caused it. And then it is incumbent on science and the scientists to prove that the vaccine did not cause that symptom. That's good. That's real good. It puts, you know what? If we're paying these goddamn scientists or whoever the fuck is paying these scientists, I, I want to see their work. I want them. I want them to earn their fucking money and prove whether this vaccine works or doesn't work. And, and that's and 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 that's 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 part regulation and that's mm-hmm. you know and that's part science. You know, if we know that 
if we know that after 45 days it should drop off it should be zero and we study another 15 days past that to ensure that it is zero fantastic mm-hmm. that means that we know exactly what our range is that's awesome and if something does happen <clears throat> we treat it as though what we did caused the issue and we have to prove that what we did was not the cause it is a very rigorous burden it is a very rigorous burden because the answer is is that you know when it comes to these sorts of things like like anaphylaxis understanding what might have caused the reaction is insanely important to science oh 100 because if we know what causes the reaction then we can sit down and say all right this group of people they need to not get this particular vaccine because of X. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? That means that, okay, let's say that, you know, with both the MRNA vaccines, let's say that people with Guillain-Barre syndrome, it's causing a a problem with them and they can't get that vaccine. That sucks that they're not going to be able to get the MRNA vaccines, but now we can say, hey, we have a more traditional method that you could take. And that's the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Okay. It's not as effective as the mRNA vaccines, but it is still on par in terms of efficacy of most every other vaccine that you're given from childbirth to adulthood. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, m- most vaccines that we're looking for have anywhere from an 81 to a 97% efficacy rate. Johnson and Johnson's is 85% in the wild. Oh, damn. Okay. So the the way that they did their testing was not like the theoretical, like they did with Pfizer and Moderna. They tested their shit in the wild in South Africa, believe it or not, where you have that vicious variant and it was 85% effective. Damn. And 66% effective in preventing severe COVID. Okay. Well, it's not very good numbers. And I mean, we'd like to see them up there. We'd like to see them up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But But now if you have, if you have a broad swath of vaccines that you can take that treat the same thing. And if you know, you can't take one set of vaccines, but you can take the other. Guess what? Yes. I would rather have a 95% uh, immunity chance, but 85% is still a hell of a lot better than zero. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I agree with that. So, so there are different methods and different modes. So there is, there are more possibilities and probabilities for a person to be safe. Okay. So that in and of itself is huge and important because mm-hmm. now, because now it opens up more options, especially like where the, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine one shot only. Oh, damn. One shot only. So you don't have to do two shots like you do with Pfizer and Moderna. Johnson and Johnson, you only need simple uh, freezer temperatures. You don't need anything extensive. Mm. You know what that means? That means that every single pharmacy and clinic in this country can carry it. Oh, damn. At 85% though. At 85%. But that's just it. With Pfizer and Moderna, you're not going to have, well, I should say, with Moderna, Pfizer, they, I, I believe it's Pfizer. Uh, it was, it's one or the other, but they think that they, they said that 
they've been doing testing on it and that it only requires simple uh, freezing now. Okay. So that would open up more places where that one could go. Okay. Rather than needing these extreme uh, freezers that are usually only available at labs and uh, major hospitals. Yeah. You would, you would now have this ability to serve it at any place that has a standard medical freezer. Damn. Hell yeah. Rite Aid, Walgreens. Uh, Safeway, Safeway, Albertsons, yep. Fred yep. Meyer. Mm-hmm. You know, any, any normal grocery store pharmacy. Mm-hmm. By just being able to have, and, and, but when you think about rural America and what they have access to simple freezers, Damn. if you are able to get it out to rural America in a place where all they need is a simple freezer, a simple regular medical grade freezer, that means every clinic in every County, that means every pharmacy that might exist, every mom pa pharmacy that's around the area could carry that vaccine. Hell Yeah. I said, go for 80, it. I mean, eighty-five percent is better than zero. And when and when you think about that, what does an eighty-five percent drop in hospitalizations do? That opens oh, up beds. <laughs> you know, it opens up beds. Yeah. It also means that, yeah, it's if people do get sick, there's more potential that other people will get sick. But it is still a lot easier to contract trace and quarantine people when you have less chance of spread mm-hmm. that's what we need stay home if you sick come over if you thick god damn it i mean you know it it's simple man i mean I, I i like i said i do value the fact that that you know e- even now i mean we're able to go to go to stores now wear your mask wear your mask you know sanitize your hands you know everybody's got the chance the opportunity to do that I mean, that just limits the spread. Let's just fucking right. stay the course. Let's just finish this out. Let's... We're this close. And, you know, and especially today where Biden has, you know, made the directive that, you know, we're going to be buying more vaccine. We're going to be producing more vaccine. Mm-hmm. And every adult should be eligible. Will, will is going to be, it's going to be federally required in all states that by May 1, all adults 18 and older are eligible to get the vaccine. Okay, are eligible, not mandatory. Not that we will have it. Okay, gotcha. That's not. It's not mandatory. Okay. I mean that. That uh, even though I strongly encourage people to get vaccinated, it is not mandatory. Mm-hmm. But the other issue too is supply. You know, making right. sure that there is actually enough supply in order to get that. To Which is going to be rough because there's a lot of motherfuckers on this in this United States. You know what I'm saying? True, but you've got. You've got Pfizer ramping up production. You've got Moderna ramping up production. You've got Johnson and Johnson ramping up production, and Merck is going to be producing Johnson and Johnson's vaccine. Damn. So you have competitors mm-hmm. that, you know, because of the unique place that we have found ourselves in, you have a competitor that is going to be producing a vaccine, a, a competitor's vaccine, because the more shots and arms we get, the less transmission we get. The more likely we are to be fucking eating wieners and drinking beers and blowing shit up on the 4th of July. (laughs) Why not? Fuck it. I mean, last 4th of July was kind of... Sucked. I didn't get to have no beers with like like a lot of my friends. I mean, fight nights. I mean, fuck, I want to have fight nights. Barbecuing on the 4th of July is one of the best fucking things ever. 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 Well, Mexican as well. Well, this Mexican anyway. I barbecue year round, so it doesn't matter. 
but well i mean i, I love barbecue i i mm. love barbecue and and really you know but i love barbecue with friends exactly mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's a social thing. Mm-hmm. Fucking smell of something good cooking on the grill, drinking some beers, playing some music, having some fun, some yep. good conversation, yep. chilling out and just relaxing with a belly full of good food. Yep. We are this close. I just, you know, I, th- I just strongly encourage everybody to do that. You know, put on your fucking mask. Do everything. Just, just stay the fucking course, man. And and here's the reality is, is that you know, soon we're going to, you know, uh, so right now they're doing, you know, I think Pfizer and Moderna are doing the kids tests um, to see, you know, make sure that it's safe and effective for children. Good. And so the first round of results should be out somewhere around the middle of April. Now, as, as for results and everything, I want to ask you about this because this is <coughs> kind of confusing to me. Yeah. Back in the day, we didn't have the the advances we have now. We didn't have yep. the ability to test to see if this is going to work. And it took years yep. to test a vaccine. Testing yes. this vaccine. Yes. What's the difference between testing this vaccine now than back then? Is it the advances? Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that we have better labs? We have smarter people, smarter scientists. Who are able smarter to- computers. We can. So, so crazy enough, we can actually look at how drugs interact with different viruses, different uh, bacteria, different cancers even, to see how they affect. And we can computer simulate. So there's a lot of testing that we can do without actually having given anybody a vaccine Mm -hmm. because we have advanced so much. But even then, we can make COVID reproduce in a lab setting, administer, you know, an antibody, you know, administer a vaccine that will create antibodies and administer those antibodies to that, you know, to that blood that has COVID in it and see how it fights it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where you have these, you have these weird, interesting tests in that there's the theoretical versus the in the wild, which is why I made sure to call out that Johnson and Johnson's information is in the wild. Yeah. Yep. Israel, (laughs) the new, the new information out of Israel is in the wild. That's fucking awesome. That's good news. You know, and so right now we know that these vaccines work. We know that they work. They are working. So So now the question is, are they safe for their, we're finding out that they are safe for adults. Not when we say safe, that doesn't mean risk free. Right. It means that, you know, of of the people who get vaccinated, you are going to experience anything, you know, it is going to be vastly survivable. I think there are only a handful of cases right now being investigated as possible deaths linked to the vaccines. That could have been something else. I, I you know, what it, I hear. and that's and that's just it. But what we do in science is we don't we don't try to prove that it was something else. We try to prove that it wasn't the vaccine that caused it. Gotcha. But we treat it as though the vaccine caused it. So we have to look at that over and over and over again. We have to do everything that we can to say it was not the vaccine that caused it. Mm-hmm but we treat it like it is until then until it's proven that that's not the case. 
Yep. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's, you know, and, and I know that, you know, there's probably a few people that have their hair on edge, you know, why are we testing in kids? Well, we have to test in kids, yeah. but we test in adults first Yeah. because, because if a bunch of adults start going, <laughs> we certainly ain't going to give it to kids. A hundred percent. We're not going to get, you know, the, these drastic side effects of having a third arm on the back of their neck or a, a, a right worse more realistic is eradicating their reproductive systems or something that's not how they work though that's oh, and good. i mean there's so so some of these things you know because once again what that does is you're looking at this whole oh well it changes their dna oh yeah, well it yeah. changes their body it doesn't the only thing it changes is number one if it works it encodes yeah. on your lymph nodes because that's where all of your that's where all of your ability to fight any disease that you ever have ever had is stored is in your lymph nodes, which is why when you get certain cancers that destroy your lymph nodes, it's a real fucking problem no, because, yep. because more likely than not, you're going to get a secondary infection that's going to kill you instead of the cancer. Gotcha. That's, that's our, our central, that's our hub basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got like lymph nodes in your, in your neck and your armpits and your thighs that's, you know, because you have that immune system spread out throughout your body. What you fight is encoded on your, on your lymph nodes. And we didn't understand that until the last couple of years when we found out where that, in, we knew that the body stored that information. We didn't know how or where, and we only learned that within the last couple of years. Wow. Which is why we were like, well, we think it's the lymph nodes because when that goes, you typically see a rate of infection that starts climbing in people mm -hmm. that lose their lymph nodes. Wow. Now we know. Now we That's, know. We, have, we know for certain where it gets stored. And I mean, it is literally like an atom layer thick of information that gets stored on all sorts of different viruses and bacteria and bugs that you have fought. That's your butt and your body goes. I've seen that before. I know what, exactly what that is. We're going to produce it at these lymph nodes because it's around here, or we're going to, you know, produce it at these wow. lymph nodes down here, or these lymph nodes down here. That's crazy to think about. That's insane. Now the issue at hand is: is how rough are these vaccines? Well, turns out most people just get, you know, the same old site injection soreness. Some people it's a little bit more severe for the site injection soreness, and I'm like. If you've ever had a fucking tetanus shot, that shit sucks. Oh, it burns. Fucking it burns. It burns. Burns, and then you got a fucking dead arm for like two days. Oh, God. Yes. Literally yes. feels like somebody used your arm as a fucking speed bag. <laughs> yes, dude. They suck. But with these vaccines, they are rougher. Yeah. And there have been some people that have had some, you know, they've had some pretty mild to moderate side effects. My aunt struggled with the vaccine, second dose in particular. It knocked her down for like four days. Damn. Fever, weakness, not not fun, but not hospitalized. That's perfect. That's that's great. It's, it's, it is not enjoyable, mm -hmm. but compared to actually getting COVID, far better. Oh, far better. So, so the reality is, is, is that with these new vaccination methods it's we literally just didn't we just don't know what that looks like and as more people get vaccinated with them we understand more about what is happening what that also means is is that when scientists take this data back later and analyze it 
we might be able to make the vaccines better and even safer yet. So that way you have limited issues when you get the vaccine. Like I said, remember 18 months ago, this was the MRNA vaccines were theoretical. Damn. Yeah. I just, I am so, I'm so super stoked that that we're talking about this because like back then, 18 months ago, I was like, the fuck? No, there's no way. There's no way. But, you know, reading, reading and reading and feeding my mind with all these new informations and then talking with you to clarify and collect these informations Mm -hmm. is spot on because like I, I, it makes me pretty hopeful for the fact that, you know, things can open back up or I can go wait and see Miss Debbie without a mask, you know? Oh, I'm, but let's talk barbecue together. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. We need some, (laughs) we need some barbecue. I need me some good Mexican barbecue. I I have not had since Phoenix. Got you, buddy. I got you. But let's talk about these kids. (laughs) Let's talk about the kids because here's the thing is, is that yes, while most kids have had very few side effects from COVID, there have been kids that have died from it. Unfortunately, But imagine if that, if with these vaccines, that's now even fewer kids that die. And here's the thing there have been, they're, they're testing people who are pregnant Mm -hmm. while and getting the COVID vaccine at the same time. They're, you know, with kids, the thing about it is, is that these vaccines, they don't, they don't cause cancer. That's not how they work there. No vaccine has ever caused cancer in the history of vaccination. No vaccine has rendered anybody else's reproductive system inert. That's not how they work. Good to know. Good to know. But what your body can have happen to it is it can have an allergic reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And what that allergic reaction is, is anaphylaxis. That could be anything from, you know, most of it, it tends to be breathing issues, could be swelling or constricting issues. I mean, it, depending on the allergic reaction to anything, it can stop your heart. Mm-hmm. And but most center around reactions that restrict your breathing, or, or and cause you to lose oxygen, you know, blood oxygen to your head. So the worries around whether or not it's going to cause kids to be infertile is not based in any sort of scientific reality. It's completely asinine, people. <laughs> it is a theoretical vac. Yes, it was a theoretical vaccine, but it was only theoretical in the idea of we could we could make a we could make a protein and teach the body to recognize the protein rather than recognize the virus. Yes, it, that's that's really about it. We teach our bodies how to deal with the situation. So so mm-hmm. we know that. We know that people are still having babies and we're going to find out, you know, exactly what fertility rates are going to look like. It's a hint. It's not going to change. Um, <laughs> just because you got vaccinated doesn't mean that you shouldn't throw rubber on. <laughs> Please. There's still other herpogonocephalates. Uh, there's the, the thing yes. where you makes you the, the, yeah, yeah. We get rid of that. Yeah. Put some fucking yeah. condoms on. <laughs> so now it's just when we're testing, when it comes to kids, it's, you know, because the, because these can be difficult because they can be hard on the body. The question is, is, is it too hard on children's bodies? And that's what we're going to find out. We know the vaccine is effective in fighting COVID. Now the question is, is it safe for kids to take? Damn. 
I'm, are we going to see the same levels of anaphylaxis or not? You know, is it going to be too hard on children's bodies? Right. And that's what we got to know. We have to know. I mean, this is our future. These are these are these are our future leaders, you know, that we're trying to raise here, and we need to know. We need these numbers. We need them to be. Strong. And the re- and the reality is, is that the risks from these vaccines are no different than the risks from any other vaccine that we've had in history. The reality is, is that when it comes to anaphylaxis, it's about whether or not you lose circulation and lose blood oxygen to your brain. Well, I'm hopeful that these uh, these scientists, you know, have have a game plan. I mean, it sounds like they oh, do. Oh, dude, these, I mean, when I say that it's, you know, they are uh, monitored hardcore during mm-hmm. these tests. I mean to say like no expenses spared in making sure that they are in the safest of environments, that they have immediate access to medical care. That's awesome. That's because, because, because you don't know. So you don't play games. You, it's not like, you know, we give them a shot in the arm, boot them out the door and hope for the best. It is. Man. You watch them like a fucking hawk. Mm-hmm. To At find waking out. Times, I imagine, <clears throat> huh? At waking yes. monitor hooked up to some sort of system. <clears throat> they're hooked device. up to, you know, and they're hooked up for a few days to make sure that there is no anaphylaxis that happens during that. And then after like, what is usually the initial shock of getting the vaccine, they have, uh, it, I, I'm not sure what their monitoring systems are going to be at this point, but a lot of them, they're wearing like those portable blood oxygen monitors. Mm-hmm. They're, they're having to report, uh, temperature, blood oxygen levels, heart, heartbeat, heart rate. Uh, uh, it's, you're getting the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. They're recording symptoms, what you might have, what you're feeling, because you've got to know all of it. Science has to know all of that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we know that the vaccine is effective. We just have to know now that it's, and we know that it is safe in adults. We just need to know that it's safe in the kids. Yep. And we tear it down. So like right now it's like the teen, like teens are getting tested mm-hmm. and then it'll drop down to even younger groups mm-hmm. because you know, the, the sooner we know whether or not we can vaccinate ever everybody, the better off we are because guess what by the time we find out all of this and get every, shots in everybody's arms my theory is is that we'll probably get we'll probably be able to get shots in everybody's arms by august oh. which means that which means that full immunity for everybody will be in place by september which damn. means that kids are going to go back to school damn and Halloween, then parties, the kids get, right. get the fuck out, kids. <laughs> so so now it's time to blow your mind. Oh, god damn it. Remember oh, how we were talking about the flu virus? Yes. Well, they are going to be looking at, they've already started looking at whether or not they can use the same mRNA, ne- mRNA method mm. to see if there is anything common between all of these flu viruses and do the same thing get the fuck out to flu viruses one shot for all the strains one shot for all the strains and dude guess what they're even working on it for hiv aids what they might be able using these mrna methods might be able to vaccinate people against aids god damn 
because they have to genome these things first. So right now their focus is on COVID. Let's get people safe from COVID. The flu, could we do this with the flu? They're gonna find out. They're gonna genome all these different flu virus variants and they're gonna see if they can do it. HIV AIDS, they might be able to do it with that. They're even working on it with fucking malaria, dude. Oh my God, you know how many people would be, oh man. With all those diseases, I mean, all the heavy hitters, I like to call them. I don't like to call them anything, but I think that that's a game changer, dude. That's a game changer for the planet. Genoming has been one of those things that has changed the game. In fact, there's a lot of work going into right now where um, I believe that they've tested it uh, very limitedly. But by genoming like a person's cancer that they have they might be able to create a vaccine that kickstarts your body's immunity to your own cancer that you have. Be able Damn. to customize vaccines to your own cancer. So speaking of customizations, do you think that that thing that Elon Musk was working on that goes behind the ear, that, that a Neuralink. Neuralink, do you think that could uh, possibly customize your whole system? All I know is, is if that thing can read my thoughts, you guys are in for a world of fucking hurt. I'm looking forward to that book. Speaking of books, by the way. Wrote... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, fucking hell. All right, so you've blown my mind several several times, dude. I'm really I'm really really thankful that you uh, we're, we're talking about this shit. Let's let's kick it. Uh, we we got a few, you got a few more minutes. What do you think? Yeah. I want to know what you're listening to. Ooh, what I'm listening to. I have been listening to um, which, by the way, of sacrifice. God damn it! Every time you come up with you send me something randomly, it's at the, it's at not at the worst absolute time. It's at one of those times where I'm just like sitting, I'm like, oh, I got a second to breathe. Oh shit! Message from Jeffrey. Oh shit! Boom! Mind blown. <laughs> Brand of sacrifice. Oh my god, I love Brand of sacrifice. Those guys. Oh man, they are just killing it. Their new album just dropped last week. Holy cow. Like it is, it is an ass kicking on every level and I love it. I love it. It is, they're like, <laughs> fuck it. We're death core. That's what we are. We are death core and we went full send and oh my God, did they go full send and oh my God, is it good? Damn brand of sacrifice. All right. I guess I'll brand of sacrifice. It is. I mean, it is a shit kicker of an album. God damn. Okay. Brand of Sacrifice. We'll put that link. I'll put the link in like I always do to, to just to, to open people's minds. You know, I had lots of cool shit that I've just like been listening to lately. For me, within the past, uh, I don't know how many hours are in a week. 96. Let's just say 96 hours. 96 hours in a week? Eh, uh, 128. Okay, so 96 because I took two days off. <laughs> <laughs> there you so go. I've been listening to the fuck out of Nine Inch Nails. Do you remember Nine Inch Nails, right? Oh, absolutely. I went back to the downward spiral, which, which by the way, it was the fucking the pretty hate machine. Mm -hmm. And then came the downward spiral. And it was at the pinnacle of my my mind expansion mm -hmm. that this CD dropped and fucking just, just floored me on every level every fucking level sonically visually it just hit me like in places that i couldn't fucking believe 
So I went back and I listened to the. I've been listening to the shit out of that whole CD. Just that CD. You know, you know what you need to watch. I don't know if you've watched it or not. If you haven't, I've got the DVD and I need to make you watch it. Have you ever watched the Sound City documentary? No. Dave Grawl had a documentary done on Sound City, uh, where they recorded they recorded famous albums like Nirvana, like Bruce Springsteen, like uh, sl- like Slipknot, uh, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Um, a famous recording studio down in LA and is they he centers it around this Neve board like there's just something about the way that this particular setup there's only like three of them ever built but the way that it recorded is just like you the number of albums that you will know that have recorded off of that soundboard you will be like holy shit I never realized it mm. and it is absolutely amazing how many albums you will recognize that were recorded on that soundboard I want to watch it it is amazing. It was, it was really cool to see everything from classic rock and roll to like, you know, the first Slipknot album. God damn. Like, yeah. it is amazing. Hell yeah. Well, and Rage uh, Against the Machine was recorded there. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. It's, it's absolutely insane. And then Dave Grohl, when, the, when Sound City closed, Dave Grohl bought that soundboard. Oh, damn. Hell yeah. So, so every- he has it now. He's like that. He's like, and I bought it, and that thing is getting used. Oh hell yeah! He keep it alive. Hell yeah! He didn't bite just to store it and post it up somewhere. Fucking nope. Awesome. So, highly recommended. Uh, highly recommended watch. And I was thinking about that earlier today because I was looking and I was like, God, that was a really good documentary. I enjoyed watching just just all of the all of the different uh, bands that recorded there and and so many different men- memories rock and roll punk metal rap i mean just so much damn sound city what's it called sound city damn sound city it looks like i'm watching them man yeah yeah if you can find it watch it if not like i said i got the dvd i'll get it to you hell yeah i definitely want to get it i definitely i definitely want to watch that so i i want to give out a couple of shout outs man i mean uh, you got any shout outs you want to give oh let's see here i mean uh, you know, always a shout out to Miss Debbie because hundred oh, percent she puts up with my shit. Yeah, and she puts up with me. <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, you know, at least at least she only sees you every once in a while. She's right. stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, Miss Debbie. You who, know who, who, by the way, was our one of our contest winners. She won the grand prize. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, I think okay. We were both blown away by that that uh Walkman. We thought that was the coolest fucking thing ever. Dude, Johnny, and a tape and an actual tape. Dude, Johnny, I'm telling you, Johnny Manier, Johnny Eduardo Manier, he is about six foot eight, and he he he, he traveled the country to Arizona in this Prius. They went camping in it, right? Mm-hmm. And he went to Pussifer. The Pussifer store. He went to Acrosanti. He went to all these cool spots that had that he because his dad lives down there. So he was just like, ah, fuck it, I'll go over there. And so he found he found the Pussifer store and he found all these goodies. And he was like, calls me up and was like, dude, let's do a giveaway contest. And I'm like, okay, fuck it, you know. And so he, it was his idea, his his gifts that he provided, and he was just like, this is the grand prize this is the second prize the runner-up how about that and i'm like done <laughs> and so miss debbie won the big one you know what i mean 
dude, that thing is rad. And Sick. I was like, I was like, God, I it has been so long since I listened to something on tape. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. And what a so CD to listen to. What, what a tape to listen to, man. It's fantastic. Oh, awesome. You know, let's see here. Uh, shout out to all of uh, the Asian Americans out there that have had to deal with some racist fuckers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've got cousins who are, you know, half quarter Asian and the amount of shit that people have said to them and said to others, it's not okay. Like it is not American to be saying that shit. No, that's not. And if you think, if you think you're being American by saying that shit, you're not, you're being a fucking asshole. You're being a large piece of shit. You son of a bitches. <laughs> yeah. You know, the American is the ideal that people that, you know, those, those people that are Asian that have come here have made better lives for themselves Mm -hmm. and, and their kids have made better lives for themselves and their grandkids have made better lives for themselves. That's, you know, the more that that dream prevails, regardless of who that dream, who lives that dream, the more it prevails, the better off things are going to be. So shout out to shout out to those people that have come over here to find a better life and have found it. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I agree. And a giant fuck you to anybody who's a racist piece of shit saying that crap. <laughs> yep. We welcome all challengers. If you want to, if you want to accept our challenge, uh, mine and Jeffrey's, uh, our address is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Just come on over anytime. Just knock on the door. Tell them I sent you, you motherfucker. Yep, and you know what? Uh, like I said, I, I wish I could see their point of view, but I can't shove my head that far up my ass. <laughs> hey, hold my beer. I guess let me help you, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Huge shout out, man! Huge shout out to my boys, uh, my boys and lady at uh, the DOT man that I that I left uh, to to pursue uh, bigger and better dreams. I I love everybody, man. I mean, stay safe on the roads. You guys, you guys do all the work. I know, I know how it is. Been there done that you guys were there next to me he washed my back um huge uh, huge shout out uh, and thank you to miss debbie you know our grand contest prize winner uh steve kitchens our boy in san antonio who was uh the, the 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 second place and representing uh much love my dude johnny eduardo johnny manier my boy uh special shout out to you boy because uh you know shit without you man this uh this fucking those, those gifts wouldn't be that much, you know what I mean? Fucking a, you know. Shout out to to Jason Rizeki because one, miss you, young goddamn it, miss you, bro, miss you, bro. Shout out again to Sean Jarvis who is picking daisies from his own ass. I don't know what he's doing. I do know what he's doing. He's having a good time vacation to get away from all the bullshit here. You know what I mean? So shout out to Sean. Huge shout out. Another last, my last shout out, my last fucking shout out, man, is fucking, is, is the Pacific Northwest Ridge Crawlers. We're Jeep and motherfuckers, motherfuckers. Get some. Get some. That Jeep, uh, that Jeep of mine is being, oh man. Huge shout out to Marco, my brother, uh, Kevin Barlow, uh, Ben, Ben Sullivan, uh, Rough Country, and, and Taylor Betts. Dude, these motherfuckers, man, if, we, if it wasn't for these guys, I don't think I would have been into the, so far nuts deep into this fucking Jeep of mine. But let me tell you, we're getting there. Follow them on this. To, on the, uh, I don't know if they have the Instagram yet, huh? but uh, definitely a Facebook page. You can show them some love. Show us all some love. Go, go show Jeffrey over on uh, Public Access America love because he's on there on a regular basis, correct? 
Oh yeah, every oh, week. Every week, and you know what? Go learn something. Go learn. And you know what? If you just take thirty minutes of a conversation with Jeffrey, your mind will expand. Trust me, you learn some shit. You will learn some shit, and you will be better for it. Right? Oh, education is a plant is a fine goal. Is and fine you know, goal. if my if my grandfather, you know, who passed away a year ago, could at ninety three believe that he could learn something every day. Mm-hmm. I believe in you. I believe. I believe. I... No, don't sing that song. Uh, you know what? You know what I like to say? I like to say at the end of every show, man, because this is pretty, extremely relevant at this time. This, this point in our, our, our humanity. Dude, everybody love everybody. Since the beginning of creation, known the consequence, but now I face a reality I prayed I'd never know. See, every time I give, I lose a part of myself. As long as there's been darkness, there's been no time to rest. And now I feel that darkness blanket my soul, and I got nothing to hold, cause there's not much light left. All crashing down, look around, isolated by the shattered dreams, silent screams, trying to feel something. But knowing that I'm past a point of no return, I don't know if I keep what I got left or let it fade me into nothing.
is the float amongst the ocean floor.